Attention people who still care. How can regular people like us invest in a way that fixes our broken financial system? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. On today's show, Bank of America busted for withholding cash rewards and credit card points for tens of thousands of customers. However, rumor has it that Bank of America did allow customers to redeem points for their submarine trips down to the Titanic. Rumors abound. But before we talk about Bank of America, I first want to tell you about Ethan's story. Like many others, Ethan found himself enticed by the promise of financial rewards when signing up for a credit card. When Bank of America launched a special offer for a credit card, it caught Ethan's attention. Ethan eagerly applied for the credit card, tempted by the allure of cash rewards and bonus points. He had dreams of using those rewards to treat his family to a much-needed Disneyland vacation. Little did he know that this decision would lead him down a path filled with frustration and disappointment. Weeks turned into months, and Ethan diligently made his credit card payments, hoping that the rewards promised to him would materialize soon. However, As time passed, he began to realize that something was wrong. The rewards he had been guaranteed never appeared in his account. Concerned and confused, Ethan contacted Bank of America's customer service, seeking answers. To his dismay, he encountered a web of excuses and vague responses. The bank representatives cited system failures and technical issues as the reasons for the missing rewards. Not only had Bank of America deceived Ethan, but his two young daughters were devastated when he had to break the news that there would be no magical kingdom and no princess costumes. Bank of America had essentially denied a nine and a seven-year-old their Disneyland adventure. Okay, so this story uh, about Ethan and his daughters, uh, it's a work of fiction. But the consequences of Bank of America withholding points and cash rewards is very real. Which brings us to our news story. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau fined Bank of America $250 million last Tuesday for withholding credit card points opening up fake credit card accounts, and double-dipping customer fees. The CFPB said that Bank of America had offered sign-up bonuses to consumers who opened credit cards between 2012 and 2021. However, the bank failed to honor those bonuses for consumers who submitted applications in person or over the phone. The CFPB also said that Bank of America had double-dipped on overdraft fees, charging consumers multiple overdraft fees for the same transaction. I mean, how low can you get? The settlement requires Bank of America to pay 
90 million in fines to the CFPB and 60 million in fines to the office of the comptroller of the currency. The bank must also provide $100 million in restitution to consumers who are affected by the violations. So here's a quote. Bank of America's illegal acts harmed consumers and undermined the integrity of the credit card market, said F CFPB Director Rohit Chopra. The settlement holds the bank accountable and ensures that consumers are made whole. Bank of America's uh, representative said that it was committed to providing our customers with the best possible experience and that it was pleased to have reached a resolution with the CFPB. The statement went on to read, We have made significant changes to our processes and systems to ensure that customers receive the rewards they are promised. Hmm. The settlement is the latest in a series of fines and penalties that Bank of America has faced in recent years. In 2022 alone, Bank of America was fined $245 million for investor protection violations. $225 million for banking violations, $86 million for consumer protection violations, and $33 million for price-fixing or anti-competitive practices. That's $589 million in penalties last year alone. Now, this doesn't surprise me, being that Bank of America is the most penalized corporation doing business in the United States according to the Violation Tracker Project, which has been keeping track of corporations' penalties uh, operating in the United States since the year 2000. So Bank of America is at the top of the list. So in the 23 years that the Violation Tracker Project has been keeping records, Bank of America has been penalized $87 billion in 23 years. That is nuts. So second place, the second most penalized corporation doing business in the United States is another bank, Chase. But they're almost three times less at $36 billion in fines. Only $36 billion in fines. So um, that's horrible. Um, Bank of America just crushing the competition in the worst possible way in penalties and fines. Uh, there's also Wells Fargo, which is the fourth most penalized corporation uh, operating in the United States. And number six is Citigroup. Um, so this is just um, par for the course for uh, the banking industry. Uh, financial services industry is the most penalized industry by a long shot at $365 billion uh, in the last 23 years. All right, let's take second place. That is the pharmaceutical industry. All right, let's take third place, oil and gas industry. Okay, these two, the second and third place industries 
don't even come close to the fines of the financial services industry. In fact, the top four banks, Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup, those four alone have amassed more fines and penalties than the entire pharmaceutical and oil and gas industry combined. Just four corporations. In fact, Bank of America alone has amassed more penalties and fines than the entire oil and gas industry. Okay, something is very wrong here. Um, the, the banks are, are abusing us and it just seems like it's a, it's a small byline in our news stories. Uh, it's not being talked about to the degree which I think it kind of should be. Um, uh, we're relying on Bank of America for financial stability in our country. Uh, the, the four banks I've been talking about, they, these are the too big to fail banks. And we rely on them for uh, uh, funding and financing different projects and fueling the economic growth of our, our, our country. And the, they control Bank of America $2.4 trillion in banking assets. That is a lot of money and a lot of power. And all this money and power is going to the most abusive uh, corporation in, in the United States. This is, this is horrible. Uh, now, uh, here's the thing. Yes, they are getting fined like crazy, um, as I've mentioned many times before. But will it ever stop? Will the fines uh, keep going? It doesn't seem like it will. Uh, 2022, well, we could just go back year by year and, and talk about how much uh, penalties. But in the end, they're raking in the profits. Um, these penalties are a cost of doing business. And, and here is the root of, of the problem. So many of us have thought about uh, these banks, the, the, these Bank of America, Chase, uh, we think about them and we think how they have uh, this pressure to increase the quarterly profits. They're publicly traded uh, and their quarterly reports go out uh, every three months. And if, if the quarterly reports uh, are, are good with uh, pro profits up and projections looking good, then, well, um, these bank execs get fat bonuses, huge bonuses. If they're down, then, well, execs get fired or, or they fire the employees. Uh, there's real consequences to these quarterly reports. Uh, because uh, the shareholders, uh, you know, if, if they are not um, uh, getting more profits every quarter, they're legally allowed to uh, call for the removal of banking, the, the, the corporation's executives. Uh, so so there's, there's this massive pressure that happens. And because there's this massive pressure to increase quarterly profits, it's inevitable that unethical behavior will happen to, to achieve these profits. And what happens when uh, unethical behavior uh, occurs? Well, eventually they get caught. Uh, oftentimes it, it happens years later when the executives who were committing these unethical acts, well, they've moved on to other places such as the Federal Reserve, uh, you know, uh, government positions. Um, so, there, there's really no accountability to the actual people. But 
the fines, um, what happens to the corporation? Well, it just makes the, the operating costs uh, increase. And now, uh, all of a sudden, there's even more pressure to, uh, to increase quarterly profits because it's harder to do so because there's these fines and regulations in place now that make it more uh, expensive to operate. Uh, and, and so, uh, what happens? Well, they look to get creative in ways to increase their profits, like withholding credit card uh, uh, bonus points, uh, like um, double dipping uh, on just the lamest, the, the most worst possible thing to double dip on, on overdraft fees, people who can't afford it, um, double dipping. So they, they have to get creative with these fees. And then guess what? Well, they get fined again and the cycle continues because regulations do nothing, nothing, nothing to address this pressure to constantly increase profits. So, so, so what do you do? Um, well, it, it all comes down to uh, the way a corporation is designed. Um, Bank of America is designed as a for-profit uh, to, and their, their main mission is to increase uh, the value of uh, stock prices for its shareholders. That's the, that's the company's mission. So this brings uh, uh, us to our financial tip of the day, which is uh, put your money into a local credit union. This, now, I, I'm a fiduciary, uh, which means that I am both legally and ethically bound to look out for my uh, client's best financial interest. And it is in your best financial interest to take money out of Bank of America, out of Chase, out of Wells Fargo, uh, out of Citibank, and put it into a local credit union. All right, credit unions, they're designed completely different. Uh, they have a nonprofit model. Now, you have a bank account and you have all these uh, services and the conveniences that uh, Bank of America and the other big banks offer, uh, but there is no pressure to increase quarterly profits. Instead, when the credit union uh, has uh, revenue revenue over their operating expenses, well, they pump it right back into the credit union. Um, and on top of that, bec because they pump it right back into the credit union, it, it doesn't a double dip on uh, on on fees. It doesn't withhold a credit card points. Instead, it it makes it uh, they it makes it cheaper to get a loan. You can get a lower interest rate now from a credit union because they can afford to give it uh, give it to you. And also, you can get a higher higher interest rate on your savings account uh, because again, uh, the credit union can't afford to do it. They also offer things like, uh, financial education, uh, financial literacy. Um, you can go into the bank and get things notarized. Uh, and, and oftentimes it's free because, um, there is no pressure. Uh, the board of directors on a, on a, a uh, on a, uh, a local credit union is diverse and independent. If they're, they're, they're not, from the financial uh, sector necessarily. Some are and some aren't, as opposed to uh, the board of directors at Bank of America, which all have MBAs from uh, Ivy League or equivalent uh, universities. It's a very homogenous group. I, I, and and so there's, there's a huge difference between uh, what's going on with a credit union, what's going on with a bank. 
All right, that's one thing. Another thing is to engage in something called crowd lending. And it's something that I teach my clients how to do is, is to become a crowd lender. Um, uh, anyone who is a US resident over the age of 18 has a bank account and $10 can become a crowd lender. You can uh, fund a, a loan. Uh, let's say it's a, 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 a $1,000 loan you and a hundred other crowd lenders can fund it with only contributing $10 each. And then guess what? You get the profits and the interests uh, instead of the bank. So it's a market-based redistribution of wealth. Now, there are crowd lending sites where we're, where we're funding a million, multi-million dollar projects. And again, some people are, are crowd lending a thousand into that project. Others can, can crowd lend ten dollars. Uh, it, it's, it's a way to um, democratically uh, shift our uh, financial system from one that is dominated by big banks uh, to one where it is inclusive and everybody uh, can share in the profits and the benefits. And um, banks, uh, these commercial banks, they often loan to exploitive companies and projects. Was well, a crowd lender, you don't have to do that. Uh, you can loan to uh, people, to uh, communities, uh, to to uh, uh, small businesses that uh, uh, really will have a, a lasting impact on the foundation of our economy, which is the uh, American people and our small businesses. So um, this is this is the direction that we need to start heading in to to erode the wealth and power of of the, the big banks and redistribute that wealth and power to the people. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know how to fix our broken financial system legally, ethically, and without confrontation, go to stakeholderenterprise.com.